0: Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me sales expert, Brian Nagaro. He has led door-to-door teams. He's done a bunch of other different sales stuff. We actually met through a mutual friend, Andrew Sales, um, who's been on the show as well. But Brian, for people that don't know you, tell me a little bit about your background yourself and uh, what you're doing.
1: Yes. Thanks for having me on. Um, very funny that our mutual friend has sales in his last name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm Canadian. I'm from Toronto, Canada. And um, I I originally got into sales just because honestly, I, I met someone that I was kind of in admiration for, by the way, he could like handle a room and handle conversations and, and just, uh, you know, those people, they walk into a room and, and you just, everyone notices them. Um, and he owned bars and gyms and, and whatever. And so I just asked him, like, how do I get to where you're at? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he was like, I- I'm, I'm good at this. Cause I failed more times than everyone else in this room is the the answer he told me. And so I figured, you know, I- I'm going to try sales. I was just doing some engineering work at that time. Um, I'm gonna try sales and I'll try the hardest type or what I thought was the hardest type of sales. And I was door to door Yep. and probably, <laughs> Uh, and and probably the type of sales that you get oh maybe not the most rejection but you do get a lot and um and yeah so started going door door for a small company on northern canada and Mm -hmm. um and we grew it and i had my first six figure summer at that point i people started to listen to me and um then we did our first million and then two million three million just kept growing and um and so, yeah, here I am now. Um, we don't go door to door in the summer, or in the winter months, rather because freaking cold in Canada. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I've just been helping a few companies scale their operations, remote their sales operations remotely, mm-hmm. by basically hiring uh, a remote sales team that's a third party. Um, that way, the business owner
0: can concentrate on.
1: On everything else they got to concentrate on rather than
0: this gotcha so you you cut your teeth doing and it is one of the hardest so like they say most billionaires actually start out doing door-to-door um because you learn uh you learn to read people and it's different like because i did door-to-door for i did it two times so but the longest was like about a year and you would go up to these houses and you know, old dudes would come out in their underwear and you'd have to like relate to people, just do crazy stuff. So before we get into the sales thing, because I, I know you have some of these, what is the funniest door-to-door story you can tell us? Funniest person you met or you were you were in, like environment, whatever.
1: Um, <laughs> there's so many stories. And, and by the way, I'm, gl- I'm really glad that you mentioned two things that, that are so key. If any, If anyone out there is like toiling with the idea of a door-to-door job, Learning to read people and learning to relate to people. Yep. Um that that those are, those are the two probably best lessons that I, I've taken from the industry. So if that appeals to anyone and you're, and you're contemplating it, um I, I think a hundred percent of people that go through door to door do develop that skill set and, and it is really valuable. Um,
0: oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for funniest stories. Um I don't know how how <laughs> how how much I I can divulge, but oh my goodness i don't know when you go door-to-door you just meet the most interesting people because and it's people that are in their elements so if they're like raging alcoholics or like if they're what like you'll see it raw because you're you're in their home and like you said maybe they're in their underwear they're there um and so um you really meet such interesting like sold to people one guy was a falcon trainer and uh just just the most interesting job the commercial fishermen to Mm -hmm. to everything you know like one thing that appealed to me was I knew I would have to be able to sell to single moms and elderly couples and young couples and and everyone under the sun so it it, uh um it it really when you can sell to more types of profiles it really builds up your self-esteem as well uh, yeah. I, I can't think of a funny story I'll tell. No, head.
0: no, Sorry. no, that's fine. That's fine. I was just thinking because, like, I remember when I was doing it, I had this one cell and I'll remember it forever. She had these. They weren't. They were greyhounds, but she had eight of them in her house, and I was selling cable, which is cool. But these dogs kept trying to lay on me, and greyhounds are not small dogs. And she's talking, and she was like, "You know, how you get that talker. They want you to stay there because they're lonely and they haven't talked to anyone." And I had these dogs laying on me, and I'm like, "This isn't like this is like a hundred dollar deal. This is not like a big, you know, high ticket deal. This is like you want to turn and burn them." Um, and I was sitting there for an hour and a half, but she was the happiest lady. But these dogs were just like laying on top of me. But that does like, and you mentioned, this, they just go into it. Reading people is huge, um, and I think for especially for first time salespeople. Um, you know, over the phone is a different type of game, which I play a lot. But first-time salespeople being able to read someone when you're talking to them is is huge. Talk to us a little bit more about that skill set because you you were saying that you're able to read people and then sell to different demographics.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, when, when you do a job like like door to door, you. You do a lot of things repetitively, so even the act of knocking on a door, and then when someone opens the door and their reaction, you'll probably go through that, especially when you're starting out, hundreds of hundred times a day. Mm-hmm. And so, like when you get into anything where there's patterns, like you'll notice subtle nuances, like really subtle nuances, and um, you'll notice patterns in, in in the sales that you make, or or the people who blow you off, or or, or whatever. Um, I don't know. The brain just kind of works that way. Like instead of wondering hey is he going to show up to this appointment or is he whatever? you'll kind of take a clue from like the last bit that happened in that interaction Mm -hmm. Um, and you'll just know from from what happened there if they're going to show up or not or you'll think you'll know
0: yeah you get the feeling i got you i got you
1: and uh and 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 joe i think when i started to get really obsessed with it was when it went from like reading people to being able to tell if they're mirroring me Mm -hmm. kind of thing so so, you know like you go from one part where you're you're interpreting kind of what they're saying with their body language and then by you get to a point where your body language interprets a message and you can interpret how they're interpreting (laughs) that message Mm -hmm. and then and, and that's when I got I that's when I started to realize like whoa this is powerful by me leaning on this door here they leaned Yep. We're in good rapport, like this is they're open to suggestion, they're open to whatever. Um, and like, yeah, that was that was probably when it started to get exciting for me.
0: Well, yeah, because now you're realizing you're able to shift their mindset or what they're doing. Because going to a door cold, and I know we're talking a lot about this right off the bat, but going to a door cold is like going and asking the prom queen out on a date over and over and over and over again. And you're going to get lucky in the beginning just because you've knocked on enough doors. But then after a while, you get better with your presentation and your pitch and your tone. And, oh, they're a Cowboys fan or, oh, they're, they have a dog or something that you can relate with them on. And then you get their guard to drop down. It's like like a big chess game. That's how I always took it. So how did you deal with, because you said that your first job doing it was door to door. How did you deal with the rejection? Because I know a lot of people, you know, if the prom queen tells them no once, they're not going to ask again, well, and door to door, you got to ask 100, 200 times a day.
1: Yeah, for sure. I um, honestly, I, I think I had a pretty good attitude starting out. Um, I actually went through, so I made a sale my first day. I didn't make it solo. I kind of booked an appointment and then an experienced mm-hmm. sales rep came and closed it. And so I saw like success right away. And that sale, he was he was very generous and he put this in. Completely in my name, he didn't take a cut, and it I made seven hundred dollars from that mm-hmm. <laughs> in my first day. I didn't know what yep. I was doing. Uh, it took me literally a thousand doors after that to make my next sale a thousand doors. um and so uh, honestly i i've the rejection i <laughs> i I mean, hey, I probably got down on myself and whatever in the very beginning just because uh, you're new and you're a rookie at anything, you don't really know how to mm-hmm. respond to things, but um it started to change when I can feel like I could also feel like it was good for me this rejection I could feel the way I was responding to it was um it, it, I needed to respond to rejection this way for to bring success kind of thing like mm-hmm. I could feel like when I got a rejection my brain I, I like I, I remember the day where it stopped going from dwelling on it to next one yeah like, like and so when I started to build, like that also carried over in, in, in my habits. Like when I started to get into a negative thought pattern, it was just like flipping the switch the same way I would have to do in door to door to progress. And so like, I could feel like these mental habits were good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think it's part of the parts of, of being in sales and dealing with rejection that you don't hear a lot is that like the way you deal with it will probably be the way you deal with other kinds of rejection or other kinds of failures or or whatever in in your life, like Mm -hmm. when you get distracted in your work and how you deal with that. Do you get down on yourself? Do you you berate yourself? Do you, or, you know, how do you respond to that?
0: No. And Um, I I think that makes sense. So, because a lot of times I think people are like afraid of the rejection, but I just reframed it in my mind. Okay, cool. Who can I help today? So Brian, do you want my help? Great. No. Well, maybe Sam wants my help or Tim or whatever. And I just made it a numbers game of I was at least going to help three people that day. Or I'd set like whatever goal that was. But you are right because it becomes a habit. So you're switching your habits there, which flows into your daily habits for everything else. So I think that's why, like I referenced before, most billionaires started in door knocking because if you can sell doing door knocking, you can almost sell B2B, B2C, pretty much anything because you've gone through, like you said. All your stereotypical groups, all the different stuff, all the different things. I mean, if you're making a phone call, you're not going to run into, you know, grandpa walking out in his underwear or a dog chasing you down the road because you went to the wrong house or something. You know, it's it's not as scary at that point. Um, so you went from starting out being a door knocker to managing door knocking teams. Is that what I heard you correctly? Yep. So how did that transition? Because I know there's a lot of people that are like, hey, I want to get into it, but I'm more into the management side or I want to build and own my own business. How did that work for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, anyone wanting to do that, uh, I'll tell you, no one listened to me until I had results behind me that they wanted. And so uh, if you do want to manage a team, I've never been in another environment other than leading from the front. So every team that I, I've managed, I've also I've I've I knocked doors pretty much side by side with them. They're on that mm-hmm. side of the street, I'm on this side. I also do all the managing and the teaching and the and the coaching and I deal with you know housing budgets and, and municipalities and whatever, but I make sure that I'm out on the doors and I'm selling uh for majority of the day and that I'm putting up bigger numbers than everyone else because I know that's what motivates people more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, how, how did that go? Um, man, there's so many transitions going from selling to managing, going from, um, selling over the phone, going from B2B, all of those transitions. I got my butt kicked (laughs) every time. And it wasn't, um, if it wasn't for, you know, just swallowing your pride and, and asking for help from other people Mm -hmm. then sometimes you got to pay them sometimes not, but, um, if I never had help, I don't think I would have succeeded in any of it, any of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, Hey, if you ever want to be a sales manager, um, I I would say it is a very selfless job. Like I, when I've done it, I've done it well. Like I've poured everything into my people, Mm -hmm. every, anything and every and anything. And, um, Yes, yeah, it's, re- it's just really important that they know that you care, um, like genuinely, yep. and, that, um, and that this isn't just a job for you and, and, and whatever. And so uh, that, that's what I think was the biggest thing. Like, I going from a sales rep to, to a manager, it was like it was learning to care about people more than anything.
0: Yeah, um, I, I love yeah. that. I do. Because you, you mentioned a few cool things, but let's start with the one thing that I keep hearing you say. You cared about your team. You believed in your team and you helped your team grow, which encouraged them to be the best salespeople they could be. That's huge. I commend you for that because I've dealt with a lot of salespeople. I've been in sales 15 years. I've had some really, really great managers and really in it for me managers. So when you have a manager that can do that, that's huge. You also said, I'm not prideful. I'm going to ask for help. Whether I had to pay for it, whether I was reading a book, whether I got in a group, mentorship, coaches, someone that can help me level up. That's key too. Both of those points are like huge. And I think a lot of people, tell me what you think of this. The people I see that succeed in sales are willing to do that. The people that try to just do it on their own and have their own way and won't listen to anyone. Those are the ones that typically crash and burn.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. Anyone I've seen that is, is successful is not the like key to themselves type of person they're just open to learning all all the time um yeah i I completely agree with you
0: yeah so let's talk a little bit about mindset here because again with sales we do mindset and a bunch of different stuff because again you deal with rejection you're persuading people there's energy that you're giving um do you have any like daily routines morning routines that you do are you more of a fly by the seat of your pants guy i've seen both be successful i just always like to get into people's heads
1: yeah, I've 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 done both and uh you can make both work, but definitely routines um it it um it <laughs> is more sustainable, especially yeah. like um, when when you start like especially a full commission sales rep, if if he joins your organization and he starts adding in uh, like they're usually like, especially if they got to move out for the job, like relocate, um, there's a whole bunch of things that they don't have stability really in, in their income yet. Cause they haven't made any money. They don't, right. they don't have. So instability brings about insecurity and that brings about a whole domino effect of, of negative things. So um, yeah, as a sales manager, you really have to do whatever you can to bring in that stability, that comfort, that whatnot. And and usually if it's a, in a full commission job mm-hmm. uh they're terrified they come in the first they don't know if they're gonna make money they don't know if they're gonna like anyone they don't know if, yes. <laughs> there's so many <laughs> uncertainties and so um it, yeah if you can even impart you know a daily routine in for them whether that's you know prayer or gratitude in the morning or 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 some form of physical exercise I found for me that yeah, meditation or prayer uh physical exercise um and some sort of like affirmations or just music um if you can hit all three of those things like you'll usually feel good about yourself or you feel good uh, people will will respond positively to you
0: yeah no that makes sense and i and i've done both as well like there's been times where i've just crushed it went after it didn't do it didn't have a morning routine and now i've gotten into habits a lot more and being consistent and being able to group or to duplicate what i'm doing um do you, are you reading any good books right now on like leadership sales, anything like that?
1: Not on sales, but let me show you. Well, actually this is the sales book I'm reading. It's called mm-hmm. Flip the Script by Oren Klaff. Um, I highly recommend this guy. I, I, I paid five grand to go and visit him uh, for a weekend in, in uh, San Jose, California. And mm-hmm. uh, Oren Claff, he pitches to venture capitalists, like big investors, so his selling style is high stakes sort of um, selling highly recommend probably my favorite sales author right now but anything by Grant Cardone if mm-hmm. it wasn't for Grant Cardone I probably wouldn't be where I'm at I, I yeah um, in so many ways that guy has helped me whether it's his conferences people I meet in, in mm-hmm. the 10x world or not um, yeah because of him but no right now I'm reading a book called Breath I don't know where it is but uh, it's just about how, how your breath affects everything and, uh, I'm loving it.
0: No, that's good. Yeah. Um, definitely know who uncle G is. I cut my teeth on him to begin with. He has a lot of really good sales ideas, tips, stuff like that. I definitely would check out the other book you mentioned. Um, I have started getting into breath work a little bit. So I've been working with a guy named George Bryant. Um, he has a group that he's out of Montana, but um, <clears throat> more of a marketer type of guy, customer journey and stuff, but really good stuff on that. But he was talking about like self care and breath work and different things because, um, you know, sales guys really are entrepreneurs. We just have our overhead covered by the businesses that we're selling for. That's how I've that always looked it. at sales. You know, maybe I don't have to do the back end admin work, but I'm still having to take nothing and produce something. So while you're gr- doing this, Brian, Are you still leading door knocking teams, or are you starting to venture out and do more stuff? Where are you going now?
1: Yeah, so I um, I'm not doing door knocking right now, um, although I'm not adverse to it. But uh, in Canada, when it gets cold, uh, it's it's just really hard to get a team of guys to go out in the cold. True, (laughs) true. And um, and and I've kind of, with the help of a friend, and and kind of through my warm network, I've I've been helping. Um, small businesses scale their sales operations just by uh, tweaking their sales process and um, and providing the sales reps for them to have a full commission sales rep mm-hmm. that um, that closes deals for them while while they're working on their business and uh, and i help train
0: and, and manage them so and, is this um, over the phone more type of sales for is, them then like more b2b or b2c
1: It's still B2C for the the companies that we're working with, but it is, yeah, over the phone and on Zoom. Honestly, during COVID, like we saw a ton of small businesses just go under and if they knew how to pick up a phone and dial, they would probably be in different spots. And that's what prompted it.
0: Yeah, now I've been doing phones or sales over the phone most of my sales career. So like, I love that industry. And it's surprising how many people don't, they're afraid of the phone and the phone's really not that bad. Like the worst thing they can do to you with the phone is hang up. <laughs> That's it. They can hang That's up true. or they can cuss you out. It's not like they can go grab their gun like in door and go, you want to leave now?
1: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But I'll tell you that transition was the hardest for yep. me. Like transition from door to door to over the phones. Yes. Man, I. <laughs> it, uh, it's, it's just different. It's, it's a different um,
0: world. It's a different game. So like you were talking about with door to door, body language, reading people and all with, with phones, it's all audio. You have to hear their tone, how they talk, what they do. Um, you've heard of Jordan Belfort, Wolf of wall street. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. He is a master of that game. Like I love uncle G and stuff. Uncle G does a bunch of stuff with face to face in your face sales. Jordan gives you a little bit more of, if you're really getting into phone sales, I would highly recommend him. He just will help you. Get past some of the stuff that maybe you're not catching because it's a different nuance. It's a different dance, for lack of a better word.
1: Joe, oh, that's amazing. I, I say that to everyone as well. Well, like There's better sales trainers out there than, than Jordan Belfort, but for tonality, Jordan Belfort, if you want to learn tonality, especially over the phone, yep. that, I highly recommend Jordan Belfort as well.
0: Yeah. That's well, what, awesome. What I've learned to do is I don't always agree with everyone's how they do certain things, but I can always learn from different people. Maybe their style's a little bit too brash for me. Maybe they're a little bit different, but they may have that little key that I can learn from and grow. And I think that's the thing that when we talked about before, putting our pride down, well, maybe he's not my shining person, but if I can learn something from him to get better, to help more people, it's great. Um, And I do B2B sales. So like I do phone calls. I do Zooms now, but I talk on the phones to CEOs, CFOs around the world. So it's like, it's just learning what works good for you in your sales. Now, we're not done yet, but tell people where they can reach you. Um, maybe some small businesses that maybe need help or maybe some people that want to learn about door knocking or whatever it is you, you want to do. Where can people reach you?
1: Yeah. Hey, I appreciate that. Um, I, I think social media is probably the, the quickest way you'll get a response from me. Um, if you write my full name into any social media platform, it's Brian Nagaro on app brian nagaro on instagram facebook linkedin um even my email is brian.nagaro but um but yeah social media will probably be the easiest way to get a response
0: nice and we'll drop it in the show notes too so we'll put your social in there they should be able to click on it um typically i'm able to add that link if you want
1: amazing thank you
0: yeah definitely so you now you're doing it with over the phone what was the biggest shift you found with that from face uh, to face to over the phone, what's the biggest shift?
1: A couple things. It was organization, um, punctuality. Um, it was a lot of the soft skills that I didn't need to develop while I was over the while door to door. Because honestly, I kind of prided myself uh, that I could function by the seat of my pants or just drop me off anywhere, just give me a binder and I'll 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 make a living. Yeah. Um, but hey, when it's over the phones, like you say it's three o'clock and and you don't and it's 302 and you called like you just gave them an excuse to not answer the yep. phone. yeah there's nothing you can do now like they didn't answer like well i mean hey you can your follow-up game is, yep. you can have a good follow-up game which which i think grant cardone is, is great at teaching mm-hmm. but um but yeah so it, it was those things like I, organization and punctuality i think was was the two things and and the power of being direct and asking hard questions Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think a lot of people in our culture in general they try to circle around things, avoid the elephant in the room, and try to get out without confrontation. And I find that those things work really well over the phone.
0: Yeah. Um, and yeah. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. Like, I literally will tell them the problem we're going to have. Like, Brian, this is what we're going to deal with. But because I've done that. And uh, it, it just takes that power away. Grant talks about this, like in his stuff, you take the whole what no one wants to talk about away. And now it's not a big deal because you're just taking that away from them. And then just like you said, being on time, being set up. And then over the phone's a lot easier to be more consultative in sales and sound like you're more of a business owner. So like you can call in and ask for, hey, it's Brian there. And if you do it right, Sometimes you even sneak through because the receptionist doesn't know why is he asking for the bosses by name and he didn't act like he shouldn't. Like there's so many little games you can play over the phone. Um, I don't know, I like it. For sure. It's it, it's for fun sure. for me.
1: Um, and I I can I can tell you're really good at what you do because it just just the being consultative, it kind of raises your status. Like you're more of an expert, and we trust experts more than we trust salespeople. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, that, that that was one thing I learned over the phones too, is how important that is.
0: Yeah. Well, doing that and then how you approach it with them, because you're not going to have the whole um, just randomly call. like You can randomly call in, but you're not going to have the, you're able to just position yourself differently. So instead of them, like you said, people have this bad connotation of salespeople, which I don't think is a good thing. But if you go over the phone, you're talking to people, you can sound like, hey, this is my business trying to help your business, Brian, instead of, hey, this is Joe with XYZ selling you this thing when I knock on the door because it's a little bit of a different. You're not just in their world. Now you guys are kind of more equal. So they see you more equal.
1: For sure. Yeah, I agree.
0: But so so let's talk a little bit about changing that sales dynamic because this is something that I've I know a lot of people deal with, and, and tell me your thoughts on it. So a lot of people have this thought, especially here in the States, that sales is icky. It's bad. They're going to swindle you. They're trying to take advantage of you. And I've always just tried to flip the script to, no, sales is just problem solving. I'm going to help you. If I can help you, great. If not, I'm going to refer you to someone else that can, because I know it will come back to me. What are your thoughts there? And is it the same in Canada? Same type of feel?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think a lot of salespeople need to hear this. In fact, I think it's what separates people that fizzle away to the high performers. And, um, and it's, it's the concept of status, like, wh- people think sales is icky. And when they think that they, they come from a low status position, and people just eat them alive. And yeah. uh, you'll, you'll just never the concept of raising your status and and you don't need um like hey some people celebrities whatever have high status but in every conversation depending on how you frame the words that you say um will dictate whether they interpret if you have high status or not Mm -hmm. and so and so something as simple as like, like like you're talking about consultative more like being an expert. So like, even the way you introduce yourself, like some people introduce themselves and they start small talk about the weather and the hockey team in the town that they're in or whatever. And like really great, like they're going to know you're a nice person, but, um, you could take that time instead of this fluff talk to just raise your status and, uh, and really quick tip as to how anyone can raise their status in any conversation. Usually a, a, a time constraint, like just letting them know that you have an appointment right after that we budgeted this amount of time for this phone call or a, a time constraint or, or just letting them know your accomplishments before you get into like, I've been doing this for X amount of years. I've helped X amount of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after you say that, then they're more open to hearing what problem you already know that they're going to experience. Yeah. Um, and so without letting them know that it comes off as a little bit salesy. And, uh, and yeah, people respect people with high status. And so yeah, that's one, one tip that I think changes the, the, it kind of flips the script that it changed the mentality around the sales. Cause you really are helping people and you, and you really do know more about their problems sometimes than they do. And so,
0: yeah, No, that's good. That and I think that's something that people miss, but what you said is very key. You reframe it. You, you're like, hey, look, real quick. Hey, Brian, real quick. I got some good news for you. Right there, all I do is say, I'm not going to take a bunch of your time. I'm going to tell you good news. People like good news, you know, you do that game. And then you're like, look, I can help you with this. If it works, great. If not, cool. I'm not going to bother you. And that changes that whole dynamic right there. And then look, the other thing you're talking about is just being assertive in a good way because people don't want their time wasted. Now, like if me and you were at a bar having a beer, you might want to talk to me about the hockey team. I like sports, you like sports, that's great. But in that moment, if I'm calling you, you normally get on the phone 15 seconds, if you're lucky. Normally it's more like eight, five to eight seconds to get their attention. Door-to-door, I think it's 15 because it takes them a little bit longer to close the door than hang up. But I think that's the thing people forget because they don't want to come across salesy. Well, people don't mind if you, like you said, if you're an expert, if you know what you're talking about, and you can help them. People mind if you're wasting their time.
1: Absolutely. Um, And hey, when when you're an expert, like it's more likely that you have people wasting your time because they interpret you as an expert. So they want to ask you questions as to whatever, Um, which is kind of a good problem to have. You just got to know how to manage it as well.
0: Yeah. Well, And then I use calendars. So like I I schedule stuff. I do some cold calling too, but like I'll have scheduled calls and stuff. Do you, is that something that you've started to incorporate more now dealing with small business, like just scheduling or...
1: Yeah, absolutely. um Also, like, if you're booking, if, if there's a new salesperson listening to this and you're booking uh, appointments on your calendar, I've just I've noticed when I first started how much time gets wasted by people not showing up, uh, and mm-hmm. how much of a difference, like sending them a text before it starts, how how much of a difference that makes in in your time and in yeah. theirs, like it is very underrated part of the sales process that I didn't know coming from door to door. Um, and yeah, if you're starting out, make sure you're doing that. Yeah.
0: What, what I try to do is I do an email reminder, like I'll set up a call and then I'll shoot them an email that morning. I have a list of who I'm going to call. I shoot me Hey, just want to make sure two o'clock still works good. I'm busy too or something that's going to either excite them or something that's going to be like, Hey, look, I'm a busy person too. I have other people. So if you can't do this, great. And I work with a sales engineer sometimes with the role that I'm doing right now. So I'm like, hey, my guy has only a little bit of time. He's the expert. I need you to confirm you can be here. But like, oh, I don't want to waste his time. It's just playing the game in a good way, but it's just getting them to you know play the game in the way you want them so you can win. Um, Absolutely. So let me ask you this. What other words of wisdom, thoughts, ideas would you have for People starting out in sales, whether it's door-to-door, B2C, B2B, anything that you would, like, if you knew, knew this when you started out, you would have been so much better.
1: Um, it's it's, it's what well, we already mentioned, raising your status and, and differentiating yourself, I think, is the second thing. It's, uh, everyone I've ever we probably both have ever sold to has gotten calls from other people. And if we resembled the exact same person that they already said no to, it would be an automatic no. Like it just, it wouldn't even, they wouldn't even think about it. If if you were the same as the last person they said no to, you're going to get a no. Uh, so differentiate yourself. A few things that you can do. Like um, one thing I learned from Grant Cardone that works still well, Joe, I, I don't know if you've done this, but let me know if you have, is the selfie video for a follow-up or whatever. Mm-hmm. People don't get those. And so whenever I've sent a selfie video of myself, just like, Hey, you want to confirm for two o'clock or or if yes, someone didn't show up or yep. whatever. The responses that <laughs> like it's amazing. I can't believe it. Um, so things like that. Um, yeah, just let your personality come out in in whatever way. Um, and it it'll go a long way for you.
0: Yeah, I do it with clients and friends. I'll do a video just instead of sending the normal text or the DM. A lot of times I'll be like, shoot them a quick video and I'm like, hey, I'm on a walk, I was thinking about you. How is your day going? Just even something like that. Because like you said, it distinguishes you, it makes you different.
1: Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Shout out to Grant Cardone for that one. (laughs) Yeah,
0: definitely. Well, Brian, thank you for being on the podcast. I appreciate you being here, my friend. Uh, It's been a blast.
1: Joe, thanks for having me. Yeah, this was a ton of fun, man. Maybe we could do this again.
0: Yeah, definitely. And everyone, thank you all for listening to the 150K podcast where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. I'm your host, Joe Graham. And if you have anyone you know that's in sales, starting sales, been doing it for a while, whatever, send them this episode. It will bring them a lot of value. And, you know, just maybe we'll have to make some more money and be more secure in what they're doing. Also, if you can like, click and follow, that would be great. And until next time, keep being amazing. And thanks for listening.